What's up, everyone? It's Dylan Gallego, uh, back here with episode six, I think. Wow, we're already on episode six. I'm here with my one of my friends. He's in, um, we were on the IFC Interfraternity Council together back in, was it second year or third year? Third year, third year. Yeah, right. fall of third year. Yeah, fall of third year. I know this man for quite a while. is my homie, William K. Want to say what's up? What's, yeah. up? what's up, Dylan? What's up, Dylan's friends, man? I'm really excited to be out here on the podcast mm. to see what you're doing with it. And uh, it gets me really excited, man. Like, No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's cool having you out here. We were just talking about um, uh, legacies and stuff like that. So I, this is why I started recording. Um, have you seen Neighbors? I have not seen Neighbors, no. This is Zac Efron and um, uh, I think James Franco. I was bringing up that movie because um, I have a sign in my room that says "Most Involved Brother for Fiji," and um, the I there's something about like stupid movies, right? That are just like like or not stupid movies, like dumb movies that are like like you, people watch them like oh that was like dumb like why would you watch that? So like the Neighbors movie with the one with Zac Efron. You know how have you heard of that one? It's like the one where it's like he's the neighbors with like the fraternity dudes or whatever. No, I've never never heard of it actually. Okay, stupid fucking movie. Like it's Seth Ro- it's Seth Rogen and he has to deal with his neighbors being fraternity dudes or whatever. And like it's just like not a very good movie in general, but like the it, it I like it because of which, like the concept of um so he struggled like the whole time he's like he's like I think a super senior or something or a senior and he wants to keep one-upping himself to, like, uh, to become the best brother in the fraternity ever. He wants to get his picture hung up on the wall, like, the Hall of Legends or whatever. Okay. This is Zac Efron we're talking about? This is Zac Efron. Okay. And then James Franco comes in. He's I think it's James Franco or, or some, some, one of the Franco brothers. He comes in. He's like, he's like, why does it even matter, man? Like, why do you want to be the best? Like, you know, you can just hang up the picture on the wall yourself. Yeah. Like, no one's stopping you. Like, like, you don't have to prove you're a legend. You know what I mean? The fraternity world and just like that whole part i was just like damn like i i just really related you know what i mean on like a weird level because like um even though it's a dumb movie i feel like they really nailed on the head like the whole like idea of like trying to leave a legacy behind in your organization or whatever even though it's like stupid as fuck and all the end of the day people view it as partying like if it means a lot to you do you know no yeah i totally get what you mean and i think a lot of that is like when we're younger and we come into our like respective organizations, there's usually those guys that are fourth years, fifth years that have mm-hmm. done a lot yeah. for those organizations that you kind of look up to for whatever reason, you know, either like they're jacked as shit or like, mm-hmm. you know, just have good life advice, have good experience. There's someone you look up to. So you're trying to like aspire to be them. Or yeah. at least that's the case for me. I know that was the case for um, my good friend Pasha, who's also yeah. Kappa Sigma. So that's like one of the reasons I'd say like when we were younger, we decided that we were going to be those guys that were heavily involved in like, care a little bit about legacy even though you know at the end of the day it is just like some frat shit yeah, and like exactly not like right. life or death or anything you know what i uh-huh. mean like your fraternity legacy is definitely not going to be like the end all be all to your to your you know College. 80 year life yeah. or whatever so i so it's just some context this is just i totally probably <clears throat> brought this up out of nowhere but uh me and will are both in fraternities you were in, you were in it all four you sent your first year right first yeah year, i rushed winter, winter of 2018 mm-hmm. so the quarter after me. The quarter after you, yeah. Yeah, and I rushed Fall 17, which was almost four years ago now. Crazy to think about. No, yeah, but I think, like, for sure, um, just the whole fraternal experience is just, like, what, something, like, I never expected myself to do. But, like, I think I got, like, just so much out of it in that, like, like four-year time, you know what I mean? Especially, like, going back and looking upon it, like, 
I was very involved throughout the whole process, and you were too. I yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, 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 did you like pick that up on your own, or were you just kind of like? Well, when I had first come to UCI, well, I like backtrack a little bit, but like UCI was definitely not my first choice of school. Uh-huh. But I did not want to go to Cal State Long Beach and just live with my parents. I'm from Long Beach, mm-hmm. and. There were some, like, private schools out of state that I had thought about, um, mm-hmm. just couldn't really afford. So, Irvine was nice because it was, like, I could drive from Long Beach but not live with my parents still. Mm-hmm. And, like, fraternities were kind of, like, the last thing on my mind when I first in, got were here. Were your parents in Greek life? Well, my dad's from Scotland, right? So, they, he had never, like, heard of anything. He didn't even have, like, that little tidbit of advice that, like, your parents usually give you. Like, don't drink too much, you know? Uh-huh. Like, don't do anything you're not comfortable with. Um, so, yeah, he just, like, had no conception of like what the fraternity was and then my mom like she wasn't involved in greek life when she was in college so i i definitely kind of like went into it blind just wanting to like make friends and play basketball mostly because when i rushed i mean it was winter right and i I came to uci that fall i was living in stanford court which is like for those of you who don't know not like I didn't live on campus, basically. I didn't have, like, a, a dining what, or, or dorm. a dorm or yeah. anything like that, you know? So I was just, like, completely isolated. Why were you isolated? Or not, why were you isolated? Why, why did you end up living at UTC? I just missed the housing deadline. Uh, There's no, like, funny story good. behind it. I'm just fucking shitty about deadlines, you I guess. Just, you just forgot about it? Just forgot about it, and then, yeah, like, rushed hella hard to get, like, a, a place in UTC. And, you know, they gave me, like, the little, like, tour of the rooms, and they're like, this is the last one we have left. And, like, looking back, it definitely was not the last one they had like, left. Oh, damn, I, I totally fell for those fucking, like, marketing schemes when they, I was They were like, you were like, I gotta get this place. Like, I'm fucked if I don't get somewhere like this. That's basically where my head was at, yeah. So, I mean, I got that place, and then I met a few friends, you know, like, going through that first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely wasn't, like, the college experience I was looking for. I tried was to go to... Were you living with randoms? I, so I had two friends from high school mm-hmm. that like signed up to live with me and then things just kind of fell through for them. So like last two weeks before moving, I'm finding like Facebook roommates and it was just a mess. It was a complete mess. Oh my mess, God. So. Oh. Sorry. This. The mango carts again yeah, too. Yeah, me, me and Will are drinking some mango carts right now to, um, to just, we haven't seen each other in a while. So he's cel- we're celebrating. I love yeah. that. Um, continue though. What were you saying though about. I uh, was just saying, um. Like, I knew I wanted to play, like, basketball with referees, so I tried doing, like, club basketball, but they were practicing at 6 in the morning. So, eventually, like, I just went to the arc, you know, a few times to play over the course of that fall quarter before I rushed, mm-hmm. and I, met, I ended up meeting my big bro who, like, brought me out to rush and everything like that, and ever since then, man, it's been pretty smooth sailing, mm-hmm. no complaints. So, you, you, um, were you only checking out one fraternity? Like, like, when you were checking, because when I, okay, when I was going around fraternities i was checking out like i think i ended up checking out three or four of them Mm -hmm. i was kind of like i checked out fiji and i was like i did i checked that one out second and i like i was like okay i like this one for sure but i did check out some other ones to like you know test the waters or whatever did you just like do casing only um so with the same day that i met my big bro i met another guy who was in beta Mm -hmm. so I, like, originally was, like, rushing beta for, like, the first couple days, mm-hmm. and I, like, went to a little kickback in VDC or whatever, and, you know, it just wasn't really my vibe, mm-hmm. and there's nothing, I'm not, like, shit-talking or anything like that, yeah. you know, I think everybody has, like, their own home and everything, but mm-hmm. the when I went out to, like, the Kappa Sigma house Wednesday, I think, of Rush Week, yeah. the first week, um, they had a fucking house, so that's one yeah. thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, I can live here with, yeah. like, other guys, which is cool, and I knew they were, like, better when it came to most sports, too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that was really all I had, like, in terms of knowledge of the fraternities while I was rushing. I yeah. didn't check out, like, basically any other chapters, uh-huh. which, you know, looking back, I definitely don't recommend. Mm-hmm. I definitely, fa- like, think I found the home that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of kids, like, need to have, like, an open mind when they come into rush and kind of, like, check out everything. Uh-huh. You know, I would say even, like, if you're a freshman in fall, like, keep checking out everything, even if you don't get a bid because you're only coming out, like, one or two days to each frat. I think it's still worth it to wait till winter and, like, mm-hmm. just kind of, Make sure you know you're going somewhere you belong. Well, were you involved just because, like, but were you involved because you were like that in high school previously? Or was this, like, the first opportunity where you were like, oh, I want to put myself out there and stuff like that? Because it's hard. You know what I mean? Like, um, I know when I first started pledging or whatever, like, I was, like, I never was involved in high school. Like, I barely did anything. Like, I was, like, like, I had my friend group. I had my squad. Like, I was not, like, doing, like, ASB or any of that, like not bullshit but like you know what i'm saying like i was not doing any of that bullshit so like um were you just like did you find like yourself like not yourself along the way but like did you find yourself participating because of k-sig or because of previous experiences i would say because of k-sig because i I did have like involvements when i was younger you know like Mm -hmm. ever since elementary school i did like drama club and like just try to like put myself out there i was in boy scouts like Mm -hmm. when i was really young um so that kind of like reinforce that like get involved and you'll get things out of it sort of deal mm-hmm. um and then when i was a senior in high school i was like looking at my resume for applying to colleges and i was kind of thinking like it's kind of weak like yeah i don't really have a whole lot going for me mm-hmm. besides basketball right so yeah. i just been like so committed to basketball for those first three years i ended up quitting because i had like six ap's my senior year and i was uh-huh. like this is not like feasible yeah um so i started model un at our high school which uh-huh. was really fun actually because within a year like we got running like yeah. we were like taken off we went to the uc berkeley like model un conference and how, how is what do you do for model un is that model united nations yeah right? yeah model united nations so basically you just represent some sort of country and they give us an issue that we talk about and we were based we were like bhutan uh-huh. um for our delegation and we went in there and we had like a conversation about the colton mines in the democratic republic of the congo and kind of how they were like Using children fuck? minors to, like... Damn, that's fucking crazy. You know, so, like, considering the club didn't even exist in my high school, like, uh-huh. before I got there, and that's how I left it, like, that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I could tell, like, getting involved in organizations was something I wanted to do in college. I just didn't know what. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. So, when I got here and then, like, Casey kind of indoctrinated me into the whole, like, mindset, that was definitely when I was like, okay. Yeah. I know what to do here. I know, like, where... to where my people are and how to continue on from here. What is the, what, so the model UN, is that like, is that a political base? Like it, it's like kind of like debate. Yeah. It's a lot like debate. Um, it's just structured a little bit differently. You know, you have like, we had at Berkeley, you know, it was the only conference we went to. And when we got there, there was like hundreds of kids all from across the globe. So, so that, that was really this interesting. This is competitive. Like this is, you know, we weren't competitive cause yeah. we didn't know what we were doing, uh-huh. but in general, like people go there and they're like, we're going to win best delegation. We're going to mm-hmm. win. So, and so awards. So mm-hmm. we were kind of just doing it to get, um, our foot in the door, Yeah. but other chat, other not chapters, what the hell <laughs> other schools were definitely like looking at that, like an opportunity mm-hmm. to show themselves off mm-hmm. and everything. No. Yeah. Kind of like parallel with that. I mean, um, that's why I always found it so interesting about the fraternity culture is just like kind of the the pol- politics of it all. It's yeah. Like the rivalries, the you know the personas and everything. Like, how did you not get caught up in all that, or did you kind of get caught up in that? In fraternities, you're yeah. talking about. Well, 
I definitely had more of the mindset, like, just put my nose to the ground and just kind of grind. Yeah. Um, and I see what you mean about, like, the personas and stuff. Uh-huh. But to me, it was, like, always do the best thing for my chapter and just kind of, like, I don't know. To me, it was weird because you go through Pledgeship and then there's kind of, like, this new respect hierarchy that you enter where you're kind of at the bottom once yeah. you've just, like, initiated into your chapter. And then a lot of, like, my experience was, like, okay, I need to, like, mm-hmm. show people what I'm capable of doing. Uh-huh. And, like, constantly, like, just keep... And I, I'm glad it put me in that mindset because I think it pushed me to, like, do things that I didn't mm-hmm. even know I could do. You yeah. know, I got a lot out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. mostly because of, like, the environment that I was put mm-hmm. into, which I'm very grateful yeah. for, you know? Uh, would you say that, like, the bros over time gotten different since you've initially joined? Because at least with Fiji, like, when I initially joined, I would say the chapter is completely different not completely different, like, the kind of the base characteristics are still there, like, everyone's, like, in my chapter is very friendly, uh, funny, personable, like, genuine or whatever, but, like, kind of, like, um, it kind of shifted from, like, I would say, like, um, nerdier people to, like, more kind of, like, like, more, like, socially competent, like, streetwear type of kids, you know what I mean? Uh Like, how would you say it's shaped over time? I would say the core values have changed Mm -hmm. quite a bit, or have have not changed at all, really. Um, The core values have pretty much all remained the same, which has definitely, like, kept us in a good position throughout time, which I'm happy about. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, it's going to happen, you know? Like, you enter a chapter as a freshman, then you don't graduate until your fourth year, you stay there the entire time. Like, Mm -hmm. everything is going to be different by the time you leave, and, like... I think a lot of seniors have this problem of, like, well, when I was here, like, I did blah, 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 blah. And it's, yeah. like, man, like, I think that's a horrible mindset to have, uh, personally. I, I, because I, I it, always, bothered, it bothered always... me a lot as a freshman, and mm-hmm. now, like, as a fourth year, it still bothers me. Like, I don't go around saying, like, you need to be so-and-so, you need to do this. Like, everybody's kind of their own person. We're all going on, like, different journeys mm-hmm. in life. So I think the main point of the fraternity in general is just kind of to, like, support the people going through their own personal journey and, yeah. like, do what you can to help them. No, yeah, I would say that's, like... <clears throat> Like, that's, like, ugh, mango cart. Um, I would say it's very similar to how our chapter has been the last uh, couple of years where, like, I just, like, not hated, but, like, always resented the whole idea where, like, oh, I'm an older bro. I've been here for a long time, so I know what's right and wrong. And, like, we're in reality, we're all college students, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we're all kind of weighing and balancing our experiences and trying to tell the younger generation how it is. But I feel like it's gone way less toxic. Oh, I, I, I was, I was just about to say that. I mean, I remember I went to, what must've been like UCI homecoming. I think my second year. Uh And you know, I was a little bit overweight at the time. And one of, it was like a former IFC president actually, like his name's Amir Patel, but he goes up to me and he's like, you know, it's going to be nice when you become like big country. Like you need to like get in the, get in the gym, hit the weights and stuff. And like, he had just graduated that uh, fall, and this was in winter, right? So I'm just thinking, like, why is it, like, you're done. Like, just have a good time while you're here. Like, yeah. why, why do you got to, like, say all this stuff? No, you know see, what I mean? Yeah, so, like, yeah. that, that bothered me a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, that same day, I walked over to the Ark, went on the treadmill, and, like, did a couple miles until I threw up. Yeah. Like, I was a little sensitive about it at the time, which, like, well, that's hard I'm glad I've gotten be. that that's over. Hard, that's hard not to be, though, about that. You know what I mean? But, like, looking back, he always had, like, my best intentions in mind. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to become, like in better shape just mm-hmm. so that my life would be better and i yeah. never understood that at the time but like mm-hmm. looking back now i can see it and now as a fourth year when i have those same thoughts about a younger guy like his life would be better if so and so i can go hey so and so do you want to come to the gym with me and like yeah. lift weights you know yeah. like encourage him kind of like in a more mm-hmm. positive way you know i recognize a lot of like the toxic masculinity yeah. that does exist mm-hmm. and i don't think that like 
I don't think that we should be telling people they should become fat or it's okay yeah. to become fat, you know? Like, I don't think that is, like, the way you should look at it. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a more positive way to do all that kind of, like, improvement in the chapter than just, like, you yeah. need to do this. Like, it, go out and help them. Show them the way. It's you know delivery. What I mean? It's delivery. It's the delivery. Yeah. Exactly. Because I feel like, um, same thing with grads. and Like, you talk to older grads and they're just, like... The way they deliver stuff, I think it's just kind of, like, how it's been over the last, like, generations. People are kind of, like, like, oh, I was kind of, like, I was treated, like, poorly by my grad. So, like, you know, when you guys come around, I'm going to treat you kind of poorly. And it's kind of, like, I think it's only recently broke the cycle. Especially, like, I think even throughout, like, all of UCI, the chapters. Like, I feel like a lot of the, at least when I was first here with, um with, like, sororities and even fraternities, like, people have gotten nicer over time, I feel like. Or, like, I don't know if it's, like everyone's gotten nicer like um, oh i totally agree that they've gotten nicer yeah. you know and like at least if nothing else less toxic about yeah. the way they go about doing things yeah um, but i still think that same support group is there and that's why i don't think like this culture change has been a bad one because mm-hmm. i think like i agree it's across the board it's like all fraternities all sororities yeah. have definitely like toned back the uh level of toxic behavior since mm-hmm. i first joined mm-hmm. and it sounds like you agree with that statement so now yeah because like when i was um I don't know. It's like, even with the sports, you know what I mean? Like you face some of the fraternities or like, um, you like, there's always just people like, I think that's with any sport though. Like people, some people will just say shit and they'll like try to say stuff that will like particularly like, you know, will get you offended. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's like, it's gotten a little bit better. I mean like inner fraternal love and all that. But like, I remember when I was a first year, bro, like I would tell people what chapter I'm in and like, I would just get hella disrespected on. I would feel like, but I think it's gotten better over the years just because like, I feel like especially my couple first years, like, I was, like, I was a very popular in high school or whatever. Like, I was, like, I was chilling. Like, I had, like, I had yeah. my friends. I had friends and stuff like that, but, like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't popular. In you had, like, your circle, your personal yeah. circle. I wasn't, like, going to, like, parties. No, that's the exact same thing happened yeah. to me, yeah. And so when I, um, when I joined the chapter, it was kind of, like, my first taste of, like, I don't know if popularity is the right word, but, like, inclusion and something it feels like that, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was part of, like, something bigger, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when, um, my first couple years, you know, being in the chapter, I was, like, I was just, like, super focused on reworking just, like, not only my personal image, but, like, the chapter image, you know what I mean? And, like, that's the hardest part about, um, I think being, or not being, like, like, representing your fraternity is, like, you, like, you have to show not only your genuine part of yourself, but, like, genuine parts of them, but, like, you have to, like, gotta hype it up. Like, I always found myself, like, trying to, um, impress people who like won't get impressed by like that type of stuff you know what i mean yeah i mean i think a lot of people kind of just need to be themselves and that's going to be their best way like i think i've seen a lot of people put up a facade Mm -hmm. that kind of like gets them further in greek life but i I always like think to myself like what is this person going to be like after they graduate and stuff like that so i think it's a mix dude for sure because you don't want to be like weird or strange in any way you know like you want to like still have some sort of like social understanding of situations and kind of have like good awareness. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like don't be scared to be yourself. Dude. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like you, you're going to spend your four years here being someone that you're not, you're going to be miserable by the end of it. No, I always found like, that's why I try to like give some slack to like, you know, during rush week or whatever for people who don't know who did, how that works. But like, basically like you come out like, like new recruits or whatever, come out, for rush week and they check out the fraternities and kind of like it's like a mutual basis of like trying to figure each other out like oh is this my fit or is this person the right fit the other way around or whatever so like 
<clears throat> I always give some slack to the younger guys, like, who come in trying to act all cool because, like, I feel like I was the same way. You know what I mean? Like, you want to impress, like, these are dudes who, like, like, they look cool. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you walk into, like... It's for sure intimidating when you oh, like, first 100%. walk into a fraternity house. Like, those people, I mean, for me, I know I met people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm doing BME. I've got this internship. I've got my life figured out. I know what I'm doing after college. Uh, I'm in great shape. My girlfriend's hot. And I'm like, oh, like, I used to do Model UN, you know? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, like... Yeah, you're like, oh, shit, like, these guys are... I gotta, I gotta act, I gotta act uh, impressive for these guys, you know what I mean? But I think that's, like helped you help me grow in no sense you know what i mean like i feel like i was just a goober in high school like i feel like i didn't know how to talk to like people like respectful i uh, not respectfully but like act normally you know what i mean like, yeah it, like because you go throughout like when you're younger you're like you're a stupid kid you know what i mean you you think the whole time like oh kind of like you know i would do some ignorant stuff like i would like my friends would throw chicken at the lunch table like across the schoolyard and stuff like that like we were doing dumb shit like that and like i think kind of like realizing like okay like there's a time and place for all that but like you gotta like um i guess when you're presenting yourself first and foremost you gotta like you gotta you gotta put your foot in the door you can't you can't act like a you gotta act professional yeah well i think the fraternities do a good job of like building actual life skills that you're gonna need because presenting yourself at rush is a lot like how you present yourself in a job interview Uh uh-huh you come in there and like you know maybe when i'm talking to the guys like i did play that senior year varsity yeah. or whatever you yeah. know what i mean like and I, I i present like the best version of myself um knowing that that's like what they want to see at the time yeah. but you just can't you can't go overboard with that where you're just like yeah man what's up dude like yeah exactly i'm here, I'm here to party man like exactly because you can see through that very yeah. easily yeah. but you the 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 presenting yourself in such a way like it was a job interview and like you're just trying to like show the best side of yourself that's what you really need to be doing mm-hmm. you know when you yeah. when you're in that situation have you, have you has that translated well for you then in the, your job search you would feel like um i definitely have taken like a lot of lessons from the chapter and mm-hmm. like applied that into my job search mm-hmm. um i'm very big on like alumni connections and stuff i used to be the alumni no, yeah, K- Kasich has i would feel like that's you guys have some of the strongest alumni connections yeah. of all the chapters from all, what i've heard like just no talking doubt. to you specifically like it seems like even like people from like way way back are still pretty connected to the chapter i mean i know people i know the first gm of this chapter that, that's our like president oh, you know okay. and, like i know like the first president um all the way to like the 39th president like i've like met most of them personally and like uh-huh. um the three jobs that i've had have all been because uh, an alumni of the fraternity helped me get it you know yeah. so like or someone who was actually still in the chapter. So, same, same, same. So way. I think, like, that's a huge thing, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you it, you come here to college for, like, professional career success. Mm-hmm. That should definitely still be your top priority, whether you're joining fraternity or not. Yeah. Um, be- because, like, um, I don't know. I, even with my resume stuff, I try to uh, talk about my fraternal experiences a lot. Because I think that is where I have the most amount of, like, kind of working experience with other people you know what i mean it's a lot of people skills you gotta you're running around like if you're in a position especially within the fraternity where you're a higher up position like you're meeting a ton of people and stuff like that you have to maintain a certain level of like professionalism and like image you know you know Mm -hmm. what i mean well it's a good mix of like that professionalism and that charisma kind of like meeting at a certain point where Mm -hmm. it's like that's what we need like you can't be professional to the point where you're just like a boring Mm -hmm. like wallflower yeah you know and like there are a lot of people like that who definitely have the professional sides of them figured out i would say especially at uci yeah they have their like professional side figured out but mm-hmm. if they don't have that level of charisma to kind of like carry them 
into other avenues of life, like they will have less success. And that's yeah. just the reality of the situation, you know? Yeah. And like, it sucks. Cause like, there's such a negative image with the fraternity still. Like, I mean, um, people like, I still think, I still think we had our letters vandalized, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kasig, us and a couple other chapters within the Arroyo Vista community where we live. And, um, I don't like it. I don't know who did that, but like, that's just, you know what I mean? That's so like, even before that, when they stole your crest on the, the mule, right? Like, what yeah. do you guys think about all that? I mean, I think the most recent one I could see being like a non-Greek student since they've attacked multiple houses. Uh huh. But in, in terms of, like, the vandalism and stuff in general, I think fraternity beef isn't always unhealthy. It's kind of, like, natural to some degree. What you were talking about, like, earlier with, like, sports games and stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a competitive setting. You know, Rush is a competitive setting. We're all fighting for the same kids, basically. So, like, mm-hmm. I get why there is that level of competition. But at the end of the day, dude, what did you really accomplish? Yeah. Some kid who is a CSE major with, like, multiple, like, extracurricular activities now has to go take time out of his day to go clean that thing because you decided that you wanted to make a point. Yeah. Like that, that kid has like real responsibilities and other things going on and he does not have time to deal with your bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you want to go talk to him like a man and figure it out. Like, that's cool. Like do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but people are scared to talk things out nowadays. Oh yeah. I think. And that's like a main problem to me too. Like people want to like a lot of the, all this like attention thing. Like I did this, I did that. Whatever, dude. No one cares yeah, to be like vandalized. You just fuck some fuck kid that. over who has like other responsibilities to yeah. do. And like, the reality is, as a Greek community, so many of us, as individual chapters, have the same exact problems. Yeah. A Royal Vista is, like, like coming down on us, which yeah. is, like, our housing community, yeah. for those of you who don't know. Um, or, like, whatever the case, we need to expand our base for Rush. Like, mm-hmm. we have so many, like, vested interests. That, eh, that was horrible English, but you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vested interests in the same problems, but instead of, like, coming together, banding together, and f- working to fix those, like, we'd rather create beef with amongst ourselves mm-hmm. and i think that's like super problematic yeah. like for me like if someone came up to me from a different fraternity that i'm cool with and like was like hey i know like you're in this career setting and I'm, i kind of want some advice like i'm mm-hmm. gonna help them out yeah it does not matter like the letters that they're wearing on their chest mm-hmm. you know what i mean like um like obviously my chapter is gonna take like priority but yeah. at the same time like no one i'm not gonna be like a dick to anybody who reaches out just because they're from a different chapter yeah it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. But that's so common and it's frustrating, honestly. Yeah. Oh, it's 100% frustrating. And, like, it takes, like, and you think it, like, it's just, like, sometimes, like, that's the thing, too. It's, like, some of those toxic traits kind of, like, how it gets better over time. Like, some of the times the toxic traits get passed down generation to generation to generation. It's kind of, like, yeah. a never-ending circle of, like, just, like, toxic. You know what I mean? And you, it's hard to, like, it's hard to, like, kind of, pu- not punish, but, like, kind of call them out because at the end of the day like you know it is kind of like a popularity contest you know what i mean if they're popular in a certain group like they'll somehow still be okay at the end of the day and it's just it's it's just kind of like that's just society at the end of the day yeah no it is definitely just like a societal thing yeah i mean how um going kind of continue with the topic of like fraternities like um back when you were the inner fraternity council president at a certain point when the whole to give kind of context when the whole um there was a passing of a student uh a couple years back and you were the president at the time and you kind of had to deal with the whole aftermath of what happened basically within that quarter it was like a huge like mood shift like how what were you thinking that whole time well i was just the scholarship chair when this student did pass away Mm -hmm. so like 
it was a week into my first term on IFC, which yeah. was definitely like a whole shock to me because um, IFC stands for Interfraternity Council, and it's kind of like the student body, the mm. the self elected like representation that we kind of give yeah. between ourselves and the school. And to come into it a weekend and be like, okay, a student death's happened. Greek life might get taken off the table here. Um, what the fuck do we do? Yeah. That's like, I didn't, didn't know, you know yeah. what I mean? So a lot of that was like listening to the guys who had already been on IFC before um, and trying to like figure out what to do. But uh, we d- definitely did our best to like change up the risk programming and kind of mm-hmm. give like more awareness when it came to alcohol and substance abuse other things like toxic that was a huge wake-up call for everyone i feel like i mean i feel like the school has never had the same culture since and i i say that like it's improved in some in certain aspects you know what i mean like i think us being a lot more cognizant of the dangers that could happen yeah how is that a bad thing at all you know what i mean like i know people are always going to complain why do i have to go to like these two-hour risk sessions or whatever but Mm -hmm. like okay now if you know how to like perform cpr or like now you know for a fact that like you call the police when the kid's blacked out, passed out, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get in trouble yeah. for it because you went to that risk session and you yeah. now have that information. Like, you could have just saved that kid's life because yeah. you spent two hours going to a, a fucking yeah. Zoom call. Because well, I mean? it really only takes one or two people to be knowledgeable about that information to stop it right. know, in the first place. You just need one of those people there in the room, you mm-hmm. know, exactly. Yeah, and, like, um, kind of give some more context. Like, the, the person passed away because they were just not properly taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, and just, like, that's what's kind of, like the big wake-up call for everyone i felt like at the time was that um you know uh there are repercussions to like treating other people not respectfully or in the right way you know what i mean like there's like something horrible happened and it affects all of us because like you know what i mean because people didn't know what to do in that situation i remember hearing that i was just thinking like dang like like what you were thinking like greek life just might be thrown off the table because like on an outside perspective that looks horrible. Absolutely mm-hmm. horrible. And, like, no one was there for how it actually happened. But, like, like if you're, like, media, if you're the school, if you're anyone, you see fraternity, you kind of just link it, like, that's hazing. They're hazing. They're, uh, they don't, like, they're just drinking to, like, you know, die, basically. And you yeah. know what I mean? And just, like. You wouldn't feel good. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't feel good if I saw, like, my kids freshman in college and there's, like, three KTLA articles popping up about student death at that campus related to like fraternity activities and yeah. my kids going to that school i wouldn't feel fucking good about them rushing yeah, you, you know feel so safe about that at all and i would tell them not to probably yeah. and like that's like that was like the worst part of the situation it's just like you know it needed that it was a wake-up call and that made everyone realize like oh shit like we gotta be like we gotta take care of each other you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i think like like in an uh, inadvertently kind of helped everyone kind of like come together and be like okay like let's like kind of rethink like how we're treating each other and like i think like um you know the personnel has gotten better over time you know what i mean uci is getting smarter and smarter so you're getting more and more kids that are like like they're the upper echelon of like of students and um it's just so horrible that all happened i just can't even imagine like um you going through that and like having to like you know deal with like because it was like basically like they were telling you like you might be all over right i mean that was the sentiment that was kind of echoed to us like early on mm-hmm. and then gradually things kind of like calmed down a little bit a lot of the school's administration is um greek life alumni from the school right so yeah. like you have like dean ramin is a former sae yeah from the school jeff minhas who like is the head of the alumni association is a former kappa sig so like 
we definitely had the voices in the room to kind of like, okay, there's a lot of good things we do too. So yeah. like, this is horrible. This is a tragedy. Um, but the mindset should be, how do we stop this from happening again? Not let's get rid of every single organization based yeah. on like one student's negligence yeah. basically. And, um, yeah, I think, I think when I heard about that too, it's just like, it really put into perspective, like, like, like you look at your bros, you like imagine like, you know what I mean? Like you would not want anything bad to happen to your bros at the end of the day yeah. because you like, you love them and they're your friends. And just like, I remember hearing that. I remember like going into chapter meeting and be like, guys, this is serious. Like, this is not like, like someone died. And, yeah. And it was because, you know, people weren't being cognizant and people weren't taking care of each other. So like, that's why you always got to take care of each other and like make like watch out because like that's the thing when i was talking about earlier when um you know i like you don't if you never partied before college you come in like you just want to go fucking insane like you know what i mean you want to go you don't know your limits you want to go all out because you're like holy shit this is freedom like i don't got a bedtime like i i can go to class if i want to you know what i mean and so like that's like the like looking back like my first year and stuff like that just like you go, you go crazy. You go wild because, like, this is your freedom. But, like, um, some people aren't aware of the limits or some people aren't, like, caring enough to, like, tell you, hey, like, chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? But I, th- I think that's why it's been helpful, like, all this um, this risk stuff, even though it's kind of, like, annoying at the end of the day. If, like, one or two people get something, like, significant out of it or at least pay attention somewhat, you're, like, saving people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think just the overall sentiment towards it needs to be like a little bit more positive moving forward because that's the thing. Like it is going to save a couple people. If those like one or two people paying attention to that meeting, like get something out of it, they could mm-hmm. save one of their own brother's lives. And like, mm-hmm. that's, it, it, it is an important thing to do, you know? Yeah. And like, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, when did you want to like, I know like you're all about helping other people and stuff like that, especially if, like throughout all that, but like what inspired, like I, you were talking, we were talking earlier about, mm-hmm being a teacher one day like um what uh have you always just wanted to do that or like was this something particular Dude, no. in college honestly not really um i kind of like bounced all over the place when it came to like what i wanted to do in my profession is this something you want to do right after college or like is this further down the line this is something i want to do like right after college oh, okay, you know okay, like cool, i plan cool. on like getting out of uci and getting my teaching credential pretty mm-hmm. much like immediately after and probably my master's as well um because mm-hmm. i want to teach sco- uh social sciences which is kind of hard in california if yeah. you don't have your master's uh-huh. um so but when i was like applying to colleges i was interested in psychology because mm-hmm. uh, my mom's side of the family has like a lot of schizophrenia going like mm-hmm. through it so i was i was surrounded by a lot of like schizophrenic schizophrenic people Lots when i was young, illness, yeah. younger and uh see my grandma like i picked her up one time from like her little like nursing home uh-huh. and she's talking about like rob and derek are in my car trying to steal my purse and i like look back and there's no one in the car yeah. and i'm like dude that's fucked like yeah, whatever's but, like going yeah. on in her mind like that's bad. So like for a while, I was very passionate about that. Uh-huh. Um, but when I was, I mean, when, when we were seniors in high school, the Trump election was going on mm-hmm. at the time. So that definitely pulled me into politics. My mom is a nurse. Uh-huh. Both my parents are nurses and they're uh-huh. both in like nursing unions. Uh-huh. So they had a lot to say about politics when I was growing up. And that's uh-huh. kind of like what influenced me to do political science. And like in high school, I was very good when it came to like AP US history, AP world history. I found that stuff like super interesting. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, but I knew those were, like, the topics that I found interesting. Yeah. And then when I got into Greek life, everybody was kind of, like, do law school. And that's what I was, like, thinking for a while is I'd do law school. And then 
just kind of like recently kind of just imagined what my like life you, would like, be like. Like you saw law school, be a lawyer, call it a day type of deal? Yeah, and I ended up like meeting a couple lawyers and kind of like asking them about their lifestyle. And to be honest, I just didn't think it would be like intrinsically rewarding enough to do that. Mm. You know, so that's why I kind of gravitated towards education. You felt like the there's a sense. What do you mean by that? Um, just going up, like going to work like a nine to five, just filling out paperwork and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then not really having that like satisfaction of like I'm doing something positive for society. Maybe mm-hmm. a lot of lawyers are. So like, let me, let me get that straight. Like yeah. a lot of lawyers are helping like underprivileged groups and stuff like that kind of like move <clears> up <throat> in the world. So I don't want to say like lawyer being a lawyer is a scummy thing to do. Yeah. Um, but the direction it was just not, the general direction was just not favorable for you. No, exactly. I mean, I knew like if I go into education, like every single kid I have, I can improve their life in some way. I can figure out mm-hmm. something like, not even like school wise, I can figure out like what their kind of like deeper issues are and kind of yeah. like help guide them and be like a good mentor mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone that they remember as like, Oh, this person helped me when I needed help. And yeah. then like, to me, that is so much more like, yeah, I intrinsically rewarding mm-hmm. and you know, fuck the money. Like, Fuck all that stuff. Fuck all the, like the the things that come with like having a high end job and mm. kind of having like a, a lot of notoriety that comes with that. But like, if I can do that and make other people's lives better, that's gonna make me happy in mm. the long run. And then the money I can figure out later. I can have like my side hustles when I'm older too. You yeah. know. So like, I'll figure it out yeah. basically. You'd be a basketball coach on the side. There well, that's kind of what I was always thinking too. Is like that wouldn't be like the worst gig in the world. I'm actually oh. working at this like after school program in Newport right now called Core. Um, that's what the shirt is. Yeah. But they, it's basically like I've been teaching like six to 12 year olds how to play basketball that's, right that, now. That's, that's what I'm, I think, um, cause I want to be a teacher too, but I for sure, like a hundred percent want to be a coach for a team. Cause like it, sport athletes now are insane. Yeah. Like they, like they're getting younger and younger and like better and better. Like the, like, uh, the bar is just set so high now. And I like, just want to like, I feel like if you meet a kid who's like on the, uh, like on the cusp. Of becoming like really really great and you inspired him to give him that extra step like that's like the dream you know what yeah. I mean? like like oh i coached that kid in when he was in high school yeah. now made lebron care about <laughs> basketball <right? laughs> i fucking mean, like, made it guys like it was all me bro like that's i think that like that's intrinsically rewarding at the end of the day and i think that's the thing um kind of with like fraternities too and like um teaching in general it's just like you want to have that lasting impact on people mm-hmm. you want to you want them to feel like like okay shit like i made a difference in their life because I cared about them. I cared about them and I wanted them to succeed because I think, um, especially with fraternities, like that's something I see across the board. Like every, like if you have a good big bro, like they're just as involved with your success as much as you are. Like they want to like, they want you to be happy and like yeah. get lit and have a good time. And that's something like, you know, that inspired me because I don't, I don't have any siblings. You know, I'm, I, I'm an only child and when people care about me, it's like, shoot, like I want to, give that same feeling to other people. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely feel it when you're like younger too. I think people underestimate like how intelligent our youth is. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, like I started doing this coaching, right? And like, are these kids like, are they ballers or are they just like, I mean, they're kids, man. Like, so I've been working with like six year olds for the most part. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to say like how they're going to end up, Uh you know, and we're shooting on like an eight foot rim and Mm -hmm. just kind of like learning the basics, learning how to not travel, learning how to not double dribble. So it's nothing too crazy. But I had, like, this one um, little girl named Kaylee. Uh-huh. She's, like, a first grader. And um, the other coach I'm with at the time is, like, explaining the rules for the game we're about to play. And she's just, like, messing around, playing with the ball. And I, like, go over to her and I'm like, Kaylee, like, if you don't stop messing around, like, I'm going to take your ball. I'm going like, to bring it home with me. And, like, you're not going to see it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, I just kind of, like, did that as, like, 
a stop messing around thing yeah. and like I wasn't even giving it much thought. I yeah. tell my boss about this after after the shift's over and he's like, next week she's not gonna remember, but you go up to her and you apologize to her. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Like, why why did, she's not gonna remember? Like you yeah. said, like what the heck? I went over to her and I like get on my knees, like I'm like eye level with her and I'm like, Kaylee, you don't remember this, but like last week I said I'd take your ball. I just want to apologize because that's your property. Yeah. I have no right to say anything about that. I was just trying to get you to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to her like an adult. And yeah. like, you know, she she just like makes this little like nod like she understood and then you know the end of the av shift comes I'm talking to my boss about it and like little kaylee comes over she's like what are you guys talking about and like my boss is just like i'm trying to make coach will a better coach uh-huh. talk to her like an adult say what you're actually doing uh-huh. and she just goes like oh i think coach will is the best coach and like my fucking heart man like when Damn. i tell you like that was just the most like satisfying feeling in uh-huh. the world like no, that's that, that's what that made, made me like want to stray away from like being a lawyer yeah you know what i mean i'm not trying to show up to that nine to five shift clock in clock out uh-huh. get my money whatever you know mm-hmm. like that is worth a lot more to me than like whatever my paycheck says at the end of the day you know i think that's i think that's the hardest thing too about like being finding a job afterwards and these all these expectations especially when you go i think maybe maybe it's just a uc thing a california school thing or just a university thing but there is such a fucking um there's such a huge expectation to like make a ton of money and you got to make a ton of money. If you want to be happy in life, yeah. you got to do all this and that. Like if you're, if you don't do that, you're going to be depressed. It's like, like, no, like there's, there's like, a, there's an in between. There's an in between. <laughs> in between. Like you can like, you know, um, be a teacher and like sell fucking shit on the side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I think that, um, it's just like, there's such a, like, I think with social media too, I was talking about this on one of the other podcasts with Travis, just there's such a big emphasis, not big emphasis, but, People post a lot of their successes and then... Well, for sure. You're seeing like the best five, the top 5% of someone's life, basically. Yeah. yeah you know, like, like top 3%, maybe. Yeah. Like, so to, for us to like scroll through those top 3% moments for mm-hmm. people and be like, wow, I didn't like go on a duffy boat and watch the sunset today. Like, wow, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like go whatever that. girls love that girls yeah. love girls that. do love duffy boats they love never understood duff- that but they they post they post that a ridiculous have you noticed is that a trend right now i don't know i've been on a duffy boat one yeah. time i i used to drive boats uh, oh really over the summer at a i was i worked at a rental boat rental place last summer and um i would drive like the you drive the skiffs like the fishing boats i would drive like the power boats around these these motherfuckers go like 50 60 miles per hour on the water too and like you there's jet skis too it was Best summer job ever. Yeah, that sounds dope as hell. But, like, you've, yeah, so many girls would come, like, all their girlfriends would come on. They're, like, all drunk. They're all, like, they're all, like, we're getting on the motherfucking boat. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, I'm, like, seeing, like, after working on the boat yard, and I see all these posts of girls, like, on their boat rides, I already know exactly how they're acting beforehand. They got the champagne bottles in their hands. They're, like, what? Screaming and stuff, yeah. And so, like, I think it's just so funny because it's just, like, it's such a trend right now. Like everyone's posting the same background of that same Duffy boat. You know, you know what I'm talking. You know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And it's so funny to me because like I think people, I think that's kind of like the thing about social media is that people want to kind of replicate like the best parts of life. You know what yeah. I mean? They want to like. I want to go on that hike now or whatever. You know. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's kind of good. But like at the same time, pe- I always remind people like, like what you said. Like it's a top five percent of like someone's life. Like don't trip too much if you're not like you know, making a hundred thousand dollars off your e-commerce business. Right. Like if you were like focused on school and like, like your extracurriculars, like you can chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? That and the top of the parking lots, like everyone's taking pictures. Have you noticed that too? I think that's just like this cool aesthetic thing people are going for. I know. I hate like the Instagram became so 
obsessive about like aesthetic you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like i remember like when people used to post in like 2014 2016 on like for a little bit that, that it was, was just our, normal pictures that was our like, generation too. now people need like the filters and stuff like yeah. that and like they need like every every single picture has to have like the same kind of mm-hmm. filter and like even like our chapters instagram is run like that now and i look at that and i'm like okay i see like why it's like aesthetically pleasing like it is yeah. but like it's not <laughs> It's not like the important part of the yeah, Instagram, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I like I never got that, but yeah. maybe I'm just old. No, and... no, no I think because I agree, because like on a, like if you look at it, like because I've always been when I just when I did when social media like Instagram came out when we were in middle school, right? Basically, mm-hmm. and I remember when that first came out, I was just like, oh, like like people you like there's just so much like spam and shit on there it's just like repost this to like show you love god or something like that yeah or like um you post like (laughs) pictures of your classmates sleeping in class no caption or anything and nowadays it's just like like it's just like when people look up like your name that's probably one of the first things to show up your instagram you know what i mean it's kind of like it's now like a it's like your resume resume, it's a resume nowadays so it's like it's like um, you need those filters now. No, you, you need, need the you need the filters now and the aesthetics and like that's why I think it's so funny too, because um, um, just dating in general, you know what I mean? Like like the, if the person doesn't have like an or you're like talking to someone, they don't have an Instagram or like even recruitment too or like you're like thrown off by that a little like, bit. Yeah, you're like oh like or they like there's or, a little sus man. Yeah. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> yeah, or like they have like no photos on their Instagram. It's just like and it's like looks super sus or like they have like three or four sus photos of themselves. You're like dang like i don't know if i fuck with this guy you know what i mean but it's like at the same time it's like have you ever met him and talked to him yeah exactly 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 because some people are just social media dumb yeah like our current i know which i I don't think that should be held against you that's what that's the the part that bothers me yeah i mean i definitely like i'm not like at the point where i can do this yet but i definitely want to get off of social media that's what i escape from it yeah but i would say like i've deleted like twitter off my phone before and i find myself like 15 minutes later like oh shit like i just press where Twitter used to be, yeah. like, you know, it's yeah. like a, that dopamine rush that you get from, like, mm-hmm. social media is really dangerous, and I think people should do, like, people should at least make an attempt to detox from it for a little bit, Yeah, you know? I, I, I did an Instagram detox, because it's just, like, it's just, like, like, co- the colors, even, are just so stimulating, you know what I mean? You go on there, you get that dopamine rush, or, like, um, you post a photo, you get, like, 10 likes, you're like, oh, dopamine, dopamine, and, like, that's why it's, like, good to detox, because, um, I find myself, um, just like zombie brain like you know what i mean you're just sitting at your desk you just go on instagram you're just like looking through the shit but you're not like taking anything in you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you're just like wasting time at that point you know what i mean it's like they'll get off i'm like oh fuck like, i wasted like 20 minutes like not getting anything from my, from looking at instagram right. but it's like you're so used to the dopamine rush and like instagram's cool and i there's oh it's it's i i think i'll probably, I probably talk about this every podcast is but it's like fucking it's such a um it's it Social media is a constant, like, like battle in my head whether or not it's cheesy or, like, genuine. You know what I mean? I mean, I think there's a lot of positive aspects about it. You know, the fact that, like, I can go find the new food restaurant that's popping and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, figure that out. I think that's cool. I can get a lot of the same experiences other people are getting. Um, I just hope people don't, like, keep comparing themselves to what they see on social media. Yeah. I just think that's, like, the most unhealthy thing right mm-hmm. now. Um, and causing like a lot of like mental health problems kind of like across the board. Yeah. Like, I know like way more people than like I should know are going to therapists now. And like, yeah. you know, I'm not saying like, that's good that they're making like that step in their life, but they're like, there's underlying reasons why they needed to do that. And like, I think that's like connected to a lot of it, whether they like believe that or not, you or, know, whether it's intentional or not, because like, 
you see it like even in like dudes like dudes talk about all the time like i not dudes talk about all the time but like you're seeing him way more often in like um just your peers and stuff especially as we get older we're like in a we're in a we're especially our age right now we're in such a weird spot like we're in the weirdest spot possible like we're on the cusp of like we're still college students we're still kind of kids we're still we're kind of adults we're kind of almost in the real world type of deal yeah. you know what i mean and like that's the thing that's always um kind of been hard to um do right now in life is just like find that like balance of like what do i want to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. how do i want to present myself to others yeah i mean that's a tough question you know yeah like, <laughs> i know that's a loaded thing but like because yeah, I, I still i still think like presenting the best version of yourself is still like something that's important you know what i mean uh-huh. like i still think that's something that like we should care about um but like just people need to get over the fact that like not everything on Instagram, like, you don't, the, the people aren't posting their conversations with their therapist on Instagram, you know, yeah. I mean? like, you, know you don't know how bad someone's fucking life is based yeah. off a couple pictures. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, like, you see them, like, that new Lamborghini or whatever the case mm. may be, and you're like, okay, well, mm. I don't know, like, what his family situation is, I don't know yeah. if he's happy, yeah, I don't exactly. know if he, like, is, has joy when he, like, goes about his <laughs> exactly. day-to-day activities, like. I, I've, I've been using it, I've been using uh, social media more for, like, I'm trying to deter away from, like, it having... Uh, the other people i've been watching a lot of sports highlights on the instagram and stuff that's like that. what my feed's mostly yeah, like consisting of now too it's been a lot of like have you been you i, we, I was t- i was talking to you earlier you haven't been watching any mma right UFC, no no ufc's crazy right now do people at the Kasich house watch it or not really what's the sport there everyone watches oh man like we all kind of have like our own individual things mm-hmm. you know i think that's like a lot of us um got rushed because we like played a sport so we have like our sport that we watch like you know posture like is always turning on the new soccer games and like mm-hmm. seeing uh, what's going on there watching like barcelona or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know like i was definitely the one watching like football and basketball season pretty like consistently why do you like the browns specifically i like all cleveland sports oh, okay. so like i'm not i'm not i'm a cleveland cavaliers fan uh-huh. um before they were like taking away the, in- the Indians, you know, yeah. Cleveland baseball team or whatever they're called yeah. right now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like not knocking that. That's a good change. I mean, all right, don't don't cancel me here. But yeah. like, <laughs> please don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> I swear uh, I'm a good guy. No, continue, continue. Um, but like basically, my godfather who um grew up in Cleveland mm-hmm. and he used to send me sports jerseys when I was young before I got into any sports. Um, so I had like this 07 Cavs LeBron jersey. And oh. when I was a kid, like eventually he dipped to Miami and like fucking mad about that, you know. And like yeah. I still a Cavs fan through that. Uh-huh. I was still like a Browns fan fan through like all the shit that we've been through too. Uh-huh. They were solid this season. Well, they were, but in general, like Cleveland sports tends to be like one of the most tortured franchises, yeah. like the cities ever. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's ridiculous, like mm-hmm. how much we've gone through. Um, so to me, that's like very rewarding though, because like you you watch your team like build to a championship yeah and it's not like you're an la sports fan where it's just kind of expected every decade or so yeah we're gonna win it's like no we had not had a sports trophy in 52 years mm-hmm. and then like in the finals lebron comes back from a 3-1 deficit against the 73-9 warriors the best team of all time Were you like i cried man i you, cried like that, i was bawling. that was insane they, yeah. they so that's what i'm saying like that moment for me meant more than like whoever like was a kobe fan growing up like, they won so much that, like, it wasn't, like, it's shocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, like, the, you're still going to feel, like, a certain type of way about it. You're still going to be happy about it. But, like, when championship is the expectation, it does not mean as much when it is not. And, like, mm-hmm. for me, rooting for the underdogs and being a Cleveland sports fan, 
Like, that is always going to be, like, something I'm very proud of because I'm like, okay, I stick with my team through, like, the ups and downs. Yeah. And my ups are a hell of a lot higher than your ups. You yeah. Know? Would so. you, would, are you still a LeBron fan, though? I was not when he went to Miami. I am a little bit more now that he's on the Lakers. You know, mm. I, even now, like, I still watch Lakers games, and I, I, I do think, like, LeBron's the greatest player that's ever played basketball yeah. in his life. Um, Undoubtedly. Take, I guess, but, Und- like... Undoubtedly? Not undoubtedly. I think it's very, very close. And I think between like him and Michael Jordan. Yeah, between yeah. him and Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I think like I, it's funny. I was wondering if this conversation was going to come up when I came on the podcast. Yeah. But like, yeah, I do think like LeBron has a more complete game. But I wow. see why people are like six for six in the finals, ten scoring titles, a defensive player of the year. Like Michael Jordan has the better resume. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like who is just the better overall basketball player, I definitely would say it's LeBron because yeah. his passing is better, his rebounding is better, he's a bigger player. Yeah. And guard one through five on the on the court, and like he's a better three point shooter. And part of that's the era that he plays in. But like the only thing that he really wasn't better at was the his free three, throws. The three point shot has changed so much ever yeah. since uh, what's it? Since Steph Curry fucking just he changed he totally changed that game with. Like um, one or two seasons, yeah, like, one or two seasons. Completely viewed the game yeah. differently now. Because like um, before that, um, you know, it was a, a, a really bit like no one really optimized on the three pointers as like the main thing. The, most people drive to the drive to the shot um, inside inside the three point line. Like most people, that's like that was like the main strategy. That's just always been how it's been played. But then Steph Curry just kind of showed that like, all right, I can get from the three point line like a, even a decent amount back, and I can just keep shooting it because. If no mm. one's guarding me, it's just three points at this point. And, yeah. like, if you score three in a row, that's nine points compared to three drives, which is six points. Right. And, like, that completely... you're talking about the difference of two possessions now. Yeah, so. yeah. That completely changed the game. Did, were you, like, did, it's crazy how much basketball's changed in, like, a small amount of time, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is just the league is driven by analytics now. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the Houston Rockets and, like, kind of everything that they've been doing the last couple of years. No, what happened... They have a guy named, like, Daryl Morey, who's kind of, like, their basketball genius, right? Mm. And he's like, we're going to design this team so that analytically it is impossible to beat. Yeah. Um, they have James Harden at the time, yeah. who's just, like, either shooting threes, driving to the basket, getting free throws, or, like, kicking it out to someone for a three-pointer. But there are no mid-range shots anymore. They're too inefficient. Like, yeah. it's either a dunk, a layup, or a three-pointer. Yeah. And that's how our offense is going to work. Yeah. Um, is that for most teams, or is that... Was no, that no, no. They that... went, like, full-in small ball. Like, everybody on the team could shoot. Uh-huh. Did not care that much about defense. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of, like, they had, like, a lot of good playoff runs, but they never got the one championship, uh-huh. you know, the furthest they ever went was the conference finals. So, yeah. you look at that and you're like, well, does this work? Does it not work? I don't know. Yeah. Like, to me, I don't think that the way the league is going, where it's just this emphasis on three-point shooting, is a very positive thing. Because no, I think, no, not so. everyone is Steph Curry. No, like, exactly. we all changed the game because of Steph Curry, but this guy is different. Like, yeah. this guy is, like, a one-of-a-kind all-time player one like, in a million type of deal you know yeah. what i mean so like we can't just base our whole like strategy off something that worked for the 2015 warriors that had the right personnel to do that sort yeah. of thing like we need to look at the 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 pros to shooting more three-pointers mm-hmm. and like maybe incorporate a little bit of that but if that's our our entire game that's not a recipe for success in now, my opinion i always found that like especially watching the ball brothers kind of uh shift from because they, they were bait like even they were like like what, who's the youngest one before? Uh, Lamelo. Lamelo. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamelo was in middle school when Lonzo was about to go to college, right? So I remember in high school you would watch. They had one year of all playing in high school together. Yeah, I because we were in high school when they were playing. Yeah. Last the last year Lonzo was playing in high school, <coughs> um, we were like sophomores, right, or something like that. 
I, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, so, like, watching them play in particular, like, you could tell, like, they were totally imitating that whole Steph Curry momentum. Like, LaMelo Ball, he was in the middle school games. Every possession, fucking three-pointer from the half-point mark. And, like, you know, if he makes, like, half of them, like, he's scoring a good a fucking amount of points for, like a, like, a middle school team, you know what I mean? But, like, at the same time, it makes the game so boring. You know what I mean? Like, you're watching these middle schoolers, like, LaMelo just gets handed the ball, half-point shot, other team gets it, runs it back, get back to LaMelo half-court. It's like, it's like, that's not very, like, innovative. Especially, like, if he's only making half of them, it's like, okay, like, switch it up a little bit, you know what I mean? I think, like, the downside of that is the way your offense runs, it's like you're getting your one or two best shooters and just, like, constantly pushing for them to get more and more shots. Uh-huh. And then you got, like, your big men on the court who are your, like, essential defenders, your essential rebounders, and all of a sudden they're not getting the ball on offense, which is, like, naturally going to just make them care less about the game. Yeah. You know, like, I, this is, like, from my experience as a basketball player, but, like, for sure if I have a little dude on me and I'm posting up and I don't get the ball that possession – I am not running that far. Like, I'm not running that hard back on defense, like, yeah. the next possession. And, like, yeah. that's not even, like, even if I'm cognizant of it and, like, actively trying to do something about it to change it and just, like, stay involved, I can't do it. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I think, like, LeBron is the greatest player of all time because he makes sure that everybody's involved even if it, like, hurts the team's success. Except for, like, some of the bottom of the roster players to get a couple extra shots. Like, might not be the best thing for the team, but they're going to be playing hard on defense. They're going to be very committed to, like, what the team is trying to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to be bought in because... They have someone that, like, wants to see them succeed, and, like, yeah. they're all very aware of that, you yeah. know, versus, like, I'm going to run a pin-down screen for Curry, he's going to get open, he's going to shoot a three, yeah. like, then who, the center on the Warriors, like, does he ever touch the ball, like, yeah, he's just, I mean? he's, he's just there just, to, like, for fucking looks at that point, you know He's doing I mean? cardio, he's just yeah. running up and down the court. Exactly, and that's why, um, you don't see as many big centers, because it's just, like, the, the um, the game's just so, um, towards the back now, you know what I mean? Like, they, you can compromise, um, your, un- the, under the hoop game. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, if you're making the three, there's no, you don't need points for rebounds. There's no point yeah. for a rebound. I think too, like, because growing up, um, I've always been kind of in and out of basketball. Like I like like I know what's up about basketball, but like I don't actively follow it that much. But when I was growing up, my aunt, she was the coach for a girls' basketball team. Um, they ended up winning CIF actually one year. Oh, so it, the it, high school level. Yeah, high school okay. level. So they were like they were actually good. But I remember like watching their games and stuff like that, just picking up on all that type of stuff too. And even at the girl, like even with the girls, like even though it's not they're not like moving as fast as like a competitive high school team or whatever. Like some of those girls, like they're putting in the fucking work. Like there's like I've seen centers on the that team that are just like they're monsters. Like they slam the ball on the ground, they fucking go it up for the layup and like easy money. You know what I mean? And, like, that's what I like, though. I like seeing, like, like the pressure, and then you fucking turn around, and you fucking make that, that shot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you said, like, even watching, like, NBA, like, the, the 3-1 deficit, you know what I mean? That whole season was just dominated. Steph Curry. Yeah. Three-pointers, three-pointers. I mean, people were telling, like, this is the best player in the league right yeah, now. Like, yeah. I'm looking at that, like, okay, he is good at one, he's exceptional at one thing, basically. Yeah. And, like, he has other good qualities, too, but, like... He is not the best player in the league. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, no one's used. That's to not him. to knock Curry yeah. too, because like I, he's definitely like one of the best point guards of all time. He like, he, he, he transcendent player for the NBA. But. Oh, exact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's not like, like now that people are know kind of like all right, we can't like let everyone get a three pointer every fucking turnover. Yeah. Like like you know how to properly guard it. It just wasn't. It wasn't just very common. Like you wouldn't see a guy pull up like a couple steps before the three point line, like a hundred percent confidence like fucking go for it you know what i mean 
Yeah, I think that that at the time threw a lot of defenses off, and now people have like adjusted, like you're saying, and it's it's a little easy, a little bit easier to guard. I mean, the game in general is headed towards kind of like positionless basketball, because like now if I have shooters like Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, is it like, all man on man in NBA? For the most part, mm-hmm. I mean, there are, you do see like your fair share of like zone defenses, mm-hmm. but I would say it's like man to man in general. So like when someone comes to set that screen, and then the shooter is like coming off the screen. You need someone, you need a big man who can come out and still guard him, who has, like, the lateral quickness to stay with him. So, like, a lot of the modern-day centers now, in 2021, they have, they're smaller, and they are, like, better laterally because they need to be able to defend those shots. Mm -hmm. And so, like, everything that's being asked of, like, the traditional center is very different now than it was even, like, five, ten years ago. So, I mean, now, now you see, like, the big man adjusting, and, like, big men are not thriving, but you have a lot of, like, very good ones, like, um... You see Jokic and Bead, like those even guys. Even Zion's are... huge, but he 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 move he moves around like a fucking like graceful deer, bro. And you're yeah. like, you're I like, don't even know what to compare Zion yeah. to. He's he, just his own thing. He, like, he, like you see that man move, you're like, wait a second. Like you're telling me he's fucking six four and like can like like jump across the field like that. You're like, that's crazy. Yeah, like fifty inch vertical. Yeah. I mean, those videos of yeah. him like playing those little white yeah, kids in high school. Yeah, and he's, yeah. <laughs> Double their size, yeah, just slams blocking their shot, three sixty, like yeah. between the legs, something crazy yeah. every time. And like, I've been, my, me and my mom have been following that play, Zion for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he was like uh, an internet sensation by the time he's sixteen years old, which is also not fair to the players. You know, yeah. like it's the same thing LeBron went through, and like God, to build such high expectations for players. Yeah, I mean, they have no room for error at that point. Yeah. You know, when you're comparing them to like the greats of the game before they're even able to. I mean, not even, like, by alcohol. I mean, they're not yeah. even 18 yet. Yeah. They're, they're, they're probably still, like, yeah. a virgins, a lot of them. Like, they're, yeah. like, they, they don't know have anything, like, in life that's experienced. So, that's why like, I, to tell them, like, oh, you're the next Michael Jordan. Like, what the fuck is that, dude? Like, yeah. can we, like, tone it down a little bit Exa- and, like, and give exact- him some time? Exactly. I think you really saw it with Zion, too, when um, he was uh, on Villanova. Or was he Villanova, right? Or was he... Uh, Duke. Duke. Duke on that one finals where they lost against Villanova. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell, like... He was just trying to go hard as possible because you like he has that mindset like I want to be the best ever because everyone's telling me to be the best ever you know what I mean and it's just like you kind of see him now he's kind of calmed down because it's like you're on the Pelicans you're not you're they're building they're they're trying to build up the team right now like you're more like a player that's gonna be like the star player in three four years down the line so I think it's like kind of the pressure's been taken off of him but like um, it's hard not to like when you're told by everyone like oh you're gonna be one of the best players of all time. Yeah. And you're 16 years old, and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, LeBron makes, like, $100 million. Like, what does that mean for me? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then these kids are, like, being put into rooms where they have to decide what shoe deal they want by the time, like, before they've even graduated high school. Like, yeah. they, they know if they're, like, Nike, Adidas, Puma. They Like, they know what brand they are before they even, like, step on to, like, their first the college setting court. Or their you know even I mean? first college game, you know what yeah, I mean? Or, like, whatever the case, so... I mean, that's just, like, terrifying to me. I think we put way too much pressure on these younger guys to be something that, like, they may or may not be in the future. Yeah, I think that's why I want to, like, going back to why being a coach, like, you want to, like, I think that's a big thing. Like, you see in really good coaches is, like, you know the limit of your your students or your athletes. And, like, you want, you, you if you know the athlete and you, like, you care about the athlete, you the biggest thing you would want for them is to just them for being successful. You're not trying to, like like run them down so you win the championship for yourself like no like you're like hey dude rest your body like you want your body to be good for college you don't want your body to win you this high school championship you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean i think like from my experience like coaching with kids a yeah. lot of it is like building their self-confidence like a lot of kids 
need to be told that they can be something great when they're young. Uh-huh. It's just not like, you can't just go to the kid and be like, you make this layup, or if you miss it, like, you're a failure. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, super, like, detrimental for, like, the kid's, the kid's like, aura of, or his like own self his attachment of to the sport success his attachment like, to the sport in general you like you don't want like like they they run down kids like you can you see it in like professional sports like i remember this kid in my baseball uh he got signed to the houston astros right out of high school but his parents geez. his parents lied to the houston astros saying that he didn't have an elbow injury when he actually did and mm. so like he lost his deal with the houston astros as a multi-million dollar deal you know what i mean but it's like at this but it's like like there's just so much expectation like oh you got to be the best so like we like like let's fuck you know what i mean like let's lie to the houston astros you know what i mean hmm. and that's just like it's just expectation at the end of the day kind of like speaking about injuries in sports how do you feel about like the one and done rule in the nba or like you know they, they, they force players to go to college for a year to play sports when a lot of them don't want to they know they can make it to the nba right out of high school they're forced to to come in and play that year you know with the um NCAA and they they might get injured they might not get that contract that's gonna like get them actual money because at the end of the day like the NCAA is not giving these kids money whatsoever yeah, you know that, what I mean so they're, like they're like we're we're gracing you with an opportunity you uh-huh. know? I think um it's just a fuck I think um that's the thing about like um it's very toxic the environment it's like like oh if you get injured like you're fucked but at the same time like you gotta play you know what I mean I think um. You know, it's, um, I think a lot of the, the best players know to play it safe most of the time. Like, they're not going into the game, like, fucking, like, 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 hunter eyes, like, trying to kill everyone in the game. They're, like, the smartest players who know, like, okay, like, my future's in the NBA, not the NCAA. They'll play, like, conservatively, you know what I mean? They're not going all out. Like, you see it in Zion when he was playing in the finals, you know what I mean? Like, he's going all out. He's, every possession, he's just trying to go for the fucking, like, the dunk. He's trying to go for the, all that, you know what I mean? And then that he ended up still losing. You know what I mean? I think he actually did almost. He got injured before the Pelican season started too. You know? What yeah, I mean, I mean his first year was dealing with injuries before the season started. And he could have lost and his then, contract, but like he's that good though. He's that good though. That's the thing though. They have him like go to the bubble, um, and they don't they don't suit him up. Even though the Pelicans could make the playoffs, they end up not because they're resting Zion. Yeah. And even in this year, like they're not giving him the possessions that I think most people think he really yeah, deserves. They're, like they're giving Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball a lot of those shots. And I think that's confusing for, like, a lot of Pelicans fans that are like, why don't we just give this guy the ball every time and just let him run and dunk it? Because he can. Yeah, and I think I think it's at the end of the day they want to conserve him for, like, the three- to four-year plan where they're like, All These right, are our championship window th- here th- now. So. This is like, we got we got Ball, we got Ingram, we got Zion, and we got two guys who, like, can back up the force and we got a bench. Like, they're planning for the three- to four-year thing. They're, that's why they got Zion so early with that early-round pick, I think, because they were just like, like they're trying to build the team off of him, honestly, mm-hmm. and they got Lonzo Ball too, and like, like I don't think he's like exceptional, but like he 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 he's a good support, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he's a guy that can get you your star players the ball in like the spots they need to score. I don't know, like Lonzo, I have a lot of like mixed feelings about him. Yeah, oh definitely. His defense and playmaking is pretty like elite, but yeah. at the same time, like if you just. I mean, he's been getting a better three-point shot, and, like, he can come off the screens and, like, hit shots now. It but like pisses me off. His his offensive game is definitely not where yeah. you'd like it to be. No, it pisses me And then, you know, me. his his younger brother, LaMelo, comes into the league, and now yeah. he's averaging, like, 26. Now yeah. that he's playing starters minutes, and you're like, oh, like, your brother, who is, like, four or five years yeah. younger than you, is pretty much significantly yeah. better than you his first year in the league, yeah. which is kind of, like, insane, you know? Yeah. Probably makes him feel shitty, but, like... It is like, what it is, I guess. I, well, know. like, that, that, that's the thing when he was, before he was coming in, kind of like LaMelo, he was just going for, like, 
the fanfare at the end of the day. He's like, I'm a ball brother. Like, I'm probably going to get signed to a college. I'll be chilling. In high school, you, you just going for, like, the fanfare. And I think when it translates to NBA, you know what I mean? You're like, it's not like, like, no one gives a fuck if you're making a three-pointer from behind the three-point line. Like, yeah. half the player, like, everyone in the NBA can do that. You know what I mean? Like, they want you to just make the play. The skill level is yeah. not, like, the issue now. Yeah, anymore. yeah. Like, everybody here, if you're in this league, you are a skilled player. And, like, now what it comes down to is, like, a lot of your basketball IQ yeah. and, like, how you respond to the, how you work with your teammates and, like, the coaching and stuff like that, I think really makes a bigger impact that's, in the NBA. That, that's why Tom Brady is fucking, even though he's not the most athletically fit, He's a fucking genius at the game. Yeah. He understands it. It's so, a mental thing for him, yeah, for sure. It's a, he And he wants to win more than anyone else. He loves winning more than any other person probably in the yeah. entire world. All right, all right. We're coming up on an hour, um, 8.30 almost. Um, is there anything else you want to finish up and say, Will, before we uh, tune off? Um, no, man. I'm just glad like, I got the opportunity to come on the podcast. I'm so. glad you came. You're the first person that's not a Fiji, actually. So. Oh, really? No, actually, my other friend. You're the first person in another fraternity, I guess. Oh, God. Wait, for my sure. other friend was another fraternity. You're my first case sick. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I really like what you're doing with the uh, the pod, and I think it's super cool that you're just, like, bringing on your own friends and stuff, having a good time, and, like, hopefully, like, 20 years from now, you look back at this stuff and, like, really soak it in and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think we had a good conversation. We went from fraternities to sports to teaching to, we talked about the whole load i'm glad you're able to come on too like i really appreciate you reaching out to me and stuff yeah. like that and feel free to like you know we can do a round two we can talk about more shit oh yeah always done right. for round two all right six 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 all right thanks guys uh this is chilling with dylan episode six with william mckay i'll put his social media in the in the description if you want to follow him give him a quick shout out thank you again will really appreciate it we'll check you in on the next time